That is not what the church is because there is not a single person in here who is perfect. I guarantee that. And if you think you are, you're a liar, so you got problems. Just put it out there for you. But God designed it where we have each other. And I want to encourage us as the body of Christ, as, as this, this local assembly that gets to meet together, let's be there for each other. Let's help each other. Let's, let's encourage each other. Because that's how, how he designed it. The passage is about, about love. That's how we should treat each other, his, his church. And it's such a, a beautiful picture, and I see it happening so often amongst us. So many things I don't hear about until later where, did you hear this person did this for that person? And I'm like, you know, thank you, God, for, for allowing us to act as the church should act. So I, I don't know where this rant, why I'm doing this rant up here, but I, I was just sitting back there filled with, with thankfulness and gratitude for having each and every one of you in my life for the way that you treat. You know, I, we were, kids were sick last week. A couple of people brought us dinner. I mean, that's not, we weren't dying. But it was so nice to have people, you know, take care of us, just, just loving on us. And uh, I'm just, I guess I'm thankful for you guys. And I, w- I want to encourage you to keep, keep loving on each other and, and recognizing that God brought us together for a reason. And we can't help each other. We can't encourage each other. That was for free. Not even part of the sermon yet. Um, last week, we looked at the idea of he cares. And we looked in Matthew chapter 6. We covered verses 25 through 34. And we gave different examples of, of how we know that God cares for us. You don't have to turn to Matthew 6 because we're not going to be there today. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. And as I started studying this week, preparing for what I was going to do, I kind of decided, or God helped me decide, however you want to see it, do at least one more study on anxiety, on worry. Because it's such a huge part of our daily life is, is that tendency to worry. Did anybody find yourself in worrisome situations this week? Okay, all right, good. Got some honest people in here. Um, life has a way of, of being real, right? And problems come. So I want to do at least one more, no promises. We might do more. We might do five or six. I'm not sure. But this week, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look through verses 6 through 9, verses that we have studied before, verses that I have, I have taught before. I believe even in the last year we've went through them. But in thinking of the, the big big passages of scripture on, on worry and fear and concerns, this has to be in like the top two. So we're going to look at it again today. But this past week, as I was going through my week, the message actually helped me. The passage of scripture that we looked at last week actually helped me as I faced difficult situations this week. Did anybody else find that to be true? Just say yes, please. Okay. Because last week we got to see real life examples of a, a real God that we have faith in, that we trust in. We got to see him 
give illustrations and examples of, don't worry. You see those birds? You see those birds, how they're not starving to death? You see how I take care of them? Aren't you more valuable than those birds? And man, I, I could look at birds all week and say, I'm important to God. He takes care of them. Why am I worrying about this silly thing in my life? I can give it to God. He cares about me. And I was able to use those different illustrations that we looked at last week in real life ways. And God really helped me with different things. In the verses this, this week, the first verse, we're told not to worry. But to instead go to God in prayer. And last week we saw God cares about us. And this week I want us to have the idea of God helps us. He doesn't only care for us, but God helps us when we worry. He helps us with our, with our fears, with our anxiety. We're familiar with the principles and the instructions of this passage. Probably many of you have them memorized. That's a great verse to memorize. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. That's a good verse to memorize. But what I wonder is, are we obedient to the application? Because how many truths in the Christian life are we aware of, yet they're just like up here, and when it comes down to, I know I shouldn't worry, but man, I'm worrying about this. Right? Principle, biblical principle, yet we forget it when the rubber meets the road, so to say, or when we decide, God, I want to go ahead and take control of this one. I'll, I'll get back to you when I, I really need you. I wonder how many of these principles do, do we apply? And last week, you know, we talked about the birds and the flowers. We can see them. We can see God working. Do we consider the principle that God is teaching where I take care of them, I can take care of you? Do we consider his promise being fulfilled? God promised to take care of the birds, and we actually see it happening? And I guess just to uh, another illustration along that lines, um, I coach basketball at the high school with, with Coach Corey, Coach, Coach Dave, Coach Matt. Most of the staff comes to church here. Um, and I was, I was thinking, how many, how many hours do we spend in practice teaching certain things? Let's use the illustration of boxing out. Boxing out is when you put yourself between your man and the basket, and you're supposed to get the rebound. Simple principle, it works. If you do it, you get the rebound, okay? We spend hours, right, Corey, teaching our guys to box out. In, in our pregame speech, we write box out on the board like two times because apparently we don't like rebounds or something. But we teach them this stuff and teach them this stuff and teach them this stuff and tell them this stuff, box out, box out, box out. But it comes to the game, and they don't want to box out. They just want to jump and try to get the rebound. And our team is the shortest team on the western slope. <laughs> so we don't get those rebounds unless we box out. It's a principle that we tell the boys. And it's a funny thing, because when they actually box out, we get rebounds. And then we can win the game. It, it works. Coaches know what they're talking about. It's incredible. Sports illustration. But what I want you to think about, how many principles do we know from God's word? We know that they actually work. But when it comes down to it, God, I don't want to box out. I want to jump for this one. 
And I just want that to be real to us. I, I don't want to come to church and just talk and, and learn a, a list of things that we already know we're supposed to do. I want it to be real and I want it to affect us. And as we look at these verses today, as we look at these principles, can we please trust in God that he is who he says he is, that he'll do what he says he'll do, we just listen and follow and obey. And it sounds simple when you say it that way, right? If we will apply these biblical truths, it will change the way we handle worry, anxiety, and fear. Look at our text. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What does he say? It's kind of like knowing the principles, but then actually applying them. And the God of peace shall be with you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are, for your greatness, for your constant faithfulness. I thank you for the, the deep concern and the care that you have for each and every single one of us. And we can't even comprehend it. You care for us so much. I pray that you will help us to put our, our confidence and our trust in you in every single situation. Please work in our hearts, Father. We, we need you. We need your help. We can't do this life on our own. Please help us to trust in you and to rest in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So as, as Paul goes into these verses, he doesn't beat around the bush at all. He gets straight to the point of this anxiety, of this worry. And what does he say? He says, be careful for nothing. Sorry, this is really popping. Um, he says, be careful, be, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto the Lord. So, so what's Paul saying right away? He's saying, don't be anxious. Don't worry. We saw last week, Jesus said, don't worry. Are right, you seeing a, a common theme here? It's, it's repeated. We should pay attention to what is being said. Jesus told us not to worry and why we don't have to worry. Paul tells us not to worry, and then he tells us how not to worry. He tells us what to do instead. He says, be careful for nothing, or don't worry, don't be anxious. So we have this, this big thought, don't worry. So we're not supposed to worry. Okay, we've got that part. 
So what am I supposed to do in the midst of a difficult situation? Because those difficult situations come, and it, it, if you're anything like me, the initial response a lot of times is, oh, what am I going to do? How can I fix this? And worry starts creeping in. How are we supposed to respond? What's our first response supposed to be? But in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Doesn't that sound kind of counterintuitive almost? Where my personality, if there's a problem, let me fix it, right? Maybe 50 problems around me, I'm going to start with one and I'm trying to get to 50 by the end of the day. But, but Paul is telling us here, don't worry. Let go of the problem and give it to God. First response to worry is going to God for help. Man, as a man, that's kind of a, a challenge. Tend to like control, to like to hold on to stuff. I'm a man, I, you know, I'm going to fix this. But God's design is not that. It's to let go of it and to give it to him, to go to him and to trust in him. So when difficult situations come, we are to go to God, not with an attitude of doubt, discouragement, and discontentment, but with a heart of thankfulness. So not only do I have to let go of my problem, I have to give it to God, and then I have to be thankful about it. How can we be thankful? Because we're trusting in someone greater who knows all things. And he can work out any problem for his good, for his glory. So the formula kind of seems difficult so far, at least for me. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. I have to let go of my problems. I have to give them to God. I have to pray thankfully about these problems. Because our, it can be difficult because our first attitude might not be um, thankfulness or wanting to hand stuff over to God. But we can do that. We can thankfully go to God in our difficult situations because of who we are turning our difficult situation over to. Just think about that in life. If you have a difficult project that you're working on, and if you're like me, you don't like to let anybody do any of your projects because you want them done the way you want them done. You have a specific standard of the way that you want it done and don't touch my project. But when you're handing that, that problem or that task over to someone that you trust, that has done good work in the past, doesn't that make it a little easier to give that over to? Think about who we get to give our problems to. To God. Almighty, all-powerful, perfect God. Can't we have confidence in that? Can't we even thankfully do that? Thank you, God, for taking this away from me. I don't like it, but I'm so happy I can give it to you and that you worry about it and you handle it. 
We can give our problems to a God who is always faithful, a God that will not give us more than we can handle. I'll give you some references here if you're taking notes. A God that won't give us more than we can handle, 1 Corinthians 10.13. A God who promises to work everything out for good, Romans 8.28. A God that is perfecting, confirming, strengthening, and establishing us even in the middle of our difficult situations, 1 Peter 5.10. Check them out later. Or no, that's, I don't care. But they will help us so much. If these are verses we can have in our mind where we can go to God with this type of confidence in every situation. It's more than a, a, a self-help formula of you've got to think better, you've got to be tougher, you've got to be stronger. It's none of that. It's, God, I'm trusting you with all of this because I can, because you're trustworthy, because you're faithful. We can give it to God, and then he can help us with the victory. And that is how we can thankfully pray, even in the middle of our greatest trial. When we truly trust him, we can honestly thank him. Have you ever, let's stop for a second, and have you ever been there in real life? In, in your maybe your darkest, most painful hour, and you've been able to hand that weight to God, and you've seen Him work, and that attitude of even thankfulness comes. I mean, this is more than just a, a good idea. This is reality. And we could give testimony after testimony of God actually doing this, God actually accomplishing this in real life in a real way. Being thankful will actually release you from fear and worry. Think about the different truths of God that we know that we can trust Him. Philippians 4.19, God will supply our needs. Psalms 139.3, God is closely in touch with our lives. 1 Peter 5.7, God cares about us. Psalm 62.11, all power belongs to him. That's the one I want to give my problems to, the all-powerful one. Psalms 147.5, no detail escapes God's understanding. How about that one? There are no surprises to God. We can confidently go to God with thankful trust. And maybe you're still a little skeptical. Maybe you're thinking that's a great theory. That's easy when life is good. I can trust in God. I can praise Him. Or maybe your thought is you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. So, I want to show you an example in Scripture from the Old Testament. And it's an example of this thankful prayer in the middle of a difficult situation. Jonah chapter 2. Know where we're going with this? We're talking about a guy in the belly of a huge fish and he's able to have a thankful prayer to God. 
Like fish smell bad on the outside, right? Slimy, nasty. Okay, imagine being inside of a fish who has eaten who knows what, and who knows how long that other stuff has been in there. Okay, and you're sloshing around in all those goodies. This is the scene where we find Jonah. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly, and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction. I think that's an affliction from inside of a fish. Unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. So you see how he, how he thought of the belly of the fish. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Think of this visual, visual, visualization that's going on here. Of this prayer Jonah's having, he's explaining to God where he's at and what's going on around him. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. So you think you get prune hands for being in the pool for too long. Imagine being inside of a fish. I mean, he's talking about being soaked with water and seaweed wrapped around his body. Nasty, right? I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of what? Thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Talk about a difficult situation inside of a fish with seaweed wrapped around your head. You have prune hands, you're waterlogged, nasty stuff floating around you. And you have a way, or you have an example of a guy that is actually giving God thanksgiving in the middle of a difficult situation. We can and we should go to God with a thankful prayer even, or I guess especially, in the middle of our difficult situations. So what's the, the answer or the, the response to Paul's command to don't worry? It's pray. You learned that in Sunday school, in nursery probably. Stuff we, we learn, we teach our children, don't worry, pray about it. Okay, when it happens to you, what are you going to do? Are you going to worry about it? Or are you going to pray about it? Fair question, I think. Verse 7 of Philippians chapter 4. So verse 6 tells us what not to do, tells us what to do. Then verse 7 gives us the result. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you see how God steps in? 
So it's not about us and, and how we can fix our problems. It's about God and trusting in Him. But then we have God stepping in and giving us peace. A peace that makes no sense to maybe anybody but you. But if you've been there, if you've had that peace from God, that comfort from God in that awful situation, you understand that it's only from God and it's only God that can give it. Because life really hurts all around you. But God is still faithful and there's still a way that he gives this, this peace, this deep down peace. We can thankfully give him our worries knowing that he cares and that he gives a peace beyond, beyond comprehension. Isn't that a pretty good deal for us? Difficult situation. God, I'm giving it to you. I trust in you. Okay, here's my peace. Now you can move forward. Now you can keep going. This peace is from God in response to gratitude and trust. And I want you to think about this because there's this misconception for some reason when, when you become a Christian, when you become a follower of Christ, life is sunshine and roses and no problems and your whole world just, everything works out for you. There's that misconception that you can hear all over the place on, on Sundays or anywhere for that matter. But being a Christian or being a disciple, being a follower of Christ doesn't mean all difficult or uncomfortable situations are removed from your life. Right? If you've been a Christian for like 10 minutes, you got that one figured out. But we do have a sovereign, wise, good, and powerful God that we can trust in in every single situation. Life might not be perfect, but we have a good God that we can trust in. Think about what Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus tells his disciples, you have peace in me, but there's still going to be problems in this world. But don't worry about it. I have overcome the world. I am greater than the world. There is more to your future than this world and the trials you will face. You can trust in me. I've overcome all of it. As disciples of Christ, we must realize we live in an imperfect world and allow a perfect God to do his perfect work in our lives. He will give his peace to us as we thankfully, confidently entrust ourselves in his care. He has overcome the world. And that's what handling anxiety and worry and difficult situations come down to is, am I going to trust in myself or am I going to trust in God? Trusting in ourselves, we're worrying about how we can fix it. Trusting in God, we're giving him all the worry. And we can trust in Him. We might not like it, but we can trust in Him. Look at verse 7 again. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
confident trust in God will allow us to thank Him in the midst of trials. We must keep our faith and our focus on Him. I want to turn back to a psalm real quick. And um, I just want you to see this picture. If I can find psalms. Psalm 121. Isn't it interesting how the last two weeks talking about worry and, and anxiety, we're able to look back at the Old Testament and we can see people a really long time ago that had troubles, but they were able to trust in God. Same God. Several thousand years later, we still have that good God that we can trust in. He's been getting believers through difficult situations that whole time. Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And there was a, there's a story of a guy who was having a very difficult situation. I won't give you all the details he was going through, but he was trying to sleep at night, but he was worrying. And he was worried sick, worried to the point where he couldn't sleep. You ever been there? And he started praying, and he said, God, there's no reason in both of us staying up all night. So I'm going to go ahead and give this to you, and I'm going to get some sleep. Kind of funny, right? But it's a, tr- it's a true point based on Scripture that God is awake, God is alert all the time. Why do we need to lay awake in bed worrying about stuff that we have no control over when we have an all-powerful God who can handle it? He's aware of it. We can trust in Him, and we can get some sleep. There is peace and rest to be had when we turn to God with thankful confidence. Uh, We talked last week of of how worry chokes us. Remember that visualization where worry comes from a word meaning to strangle or to choke? And that's the the result of, of worrying is I can't do anything about it, but I can't breathe either. Thus we get the breathing into a paper bag scenario. And we talked about how worry really doesn't accomplish anything positive. It just consumes us and leaves us miserable. So far today, we've seen that we don't need to live in worry. And we don't need to live in fear. Because we can trust in God, we can give that worry to God, and we can operate in the peace and the comfort of God. Um, out of time, pretty much, but let's just look quickly at verses 8 and 9. These, these verses.
verses give us instruction on how we should think. Uh, Paul tells us, don't worry, but that, because that thought process is binding. Instead, he tells us to think on these things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So when we put this in the context of not worrying, of trusting in God, we can build this, this picture as instead of focusing on worry in difficult situations, we can focus on what's true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, and what is praiseworthy. And it's, it's disciplining our minds to think about right things instead of dwelling on these, these worrisome situations. And don't get it confused with self-help here because we need God to help us with our worry. But I believe there still are disciplines in the Christian life where there's things God guides us and shows us things that we should be doing. So don't, don't confuse those there. And Paul gives us this insight into think about these things and you can have help with your worry problem. But victory ultimately is from Christ. Trusting Christ and disciplining our minds to dwell on these types of things will be extremely beneficial as we face this dark, worry-filled world. world. So my question is to you is, do you struggle with worry? Real life, real talk, real fair question. Next question what is consuming your thoughts? Verse 9 of chapter 4 calls us to action here. We're to pray. We're to think right. We're to trust in God. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. What's that word again? Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Verse 9 calls us to action. We can trust in God that he is going to do his part. Are we doing ours? We've talked about, we've looked at the scriptures. We've seen so many verses today where God is trustworthy. And I feel like I've been talking about God being trustworthy for six weeks now. So we've been building this case, building this evidence that God is trustworthy okay, we see that. We see he is trustworthy. Now the ball's in our court. Are we going to trust him? And are we going to look to him in these difficult situations? The God of peace shall be with you. Promise. Trust in him. He will be with you. Go to him with, with your prayers, with your concerns the thankful prayer, the peace of God will be with you. Not me making it up or giving you false promises. It's God saying in his word through the Apostle Paul, trust in me and I'll give you peace. God cares about us. Not only does he care about us, he helps us. But are we going to him? Are we trusting in him? Or are we standing over here choking ourselves 
trapped in our worry. I don't want to be choking myself out in my worry. I can't fix it anyways. I want to be trusting in a God that has proven himself faithful over and over and over again. Are we trusting in that God? He cares and he helps. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so much that you are there, that we can put our confidence in you. I thank you for these principles and these truths and these illustrations and and just the way you've proven yourself faithful over and over and over again. Truths that, that aren't new to us, things we haven't heard. It's, it's not things that we're not aware of. But I pray that you would increase our, our faith, that you'll increase our confidence in you, and that you'll help us in these difficult situations to trust in you, and to rest in you, and to confidently thank you and to rest in the peace that you offer. Please give us victory over this worry. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.